Hello, and welcome to iloveedmontonrealestate.com. I'm Jason Scott, and with me today is Aaron Cracker. Aaron's a lawyer and business development manager with Stuart Title, which is a title insurance company. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me here today. So I guess first things first, tell us a little bit about Stuart Title and what exactly is title insurance? Yeah, good question. So Stuart Title, we do residential and commercial title insurance. So my background is I am a lawyer. I worked in private practice prior to joining Stuart Title. I did residential real estate, uh, real estate conveyancing, as well as some of the commercial real estate development and worked with some developers doing that as well. And I switched over to Stuart Title and I work here locally in Edmonton. And my role here is education. So I work with realtors and homeowners and lawyers and real estate agents and just educate them about what title insurance is, what the product can do and how they can use it to help their clients and in their own practice. Okay. So what is title insurance and what can it do? (laughs) So title insurance is an insurance product. So what it does is it is it protects the insured from losses due to specific risks that could adversely affect the interest in real estate. So what, what does that mean? That was <laughs> so, very lawyerly of you. So what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> so in layman's terms, what we're talking about is real estate. So as opposed to things like mobile homes or cars or those types of assets. And we're talking about very specific risks that would affect what we call title, but other interest in the real estate that could cause a loss down the road for the insured, which is the person who's purchasing that real estate. Okay, so can you give me an example? Someone buys a house, what can go wrong? Yeah, so some of the common reasons here in Alberta that we are using title insurance is number one for the what we call the real property report or the survey coverage. So typically when you purchase a home, you may get an RPR, they call it, or a real property report. And this would tell you things about where the property is located within the lot lines, the other structures on the property like sheds or garages or fences. But in some instances, you may not get a real property report. So some reasons might be that the seller simply doesn't want to spend the money to provide an up-to-date survey or RPR, or it's just it's too expensive to get. So some of the rural areas, it can be, you know, upwards of $1,000 to get a survey. So it's just, it's not practical to do it. So what title insurance would do would basically to cover anything that an up-to-date RPR would have disclosed to that purchaser that's purchasing the property in the event they're not able to obtain one. Okay. So the RPR, it's like a little map or drawing of, of the property. It shows the fences, it shows the building, so on and so forth. Yes. Okay. And so as an example, I'm buying a house in the city and the sellers aren't able to give me an updated RPR. They would buy me title insurance or I would buy my own title insurance. So sometimes in the circumstances, a seller may offer to pay the cost of the title insurance policy in lieu of providing the RPR. It really depends on how the deal is structured. In some cases, the seller may not offer it, and it may be up to the purchaser of the property to purchase their own policy of title insurance if they want it. Okay. So can you give me an example of a situation where Stuart Title helped someone out because there was an issue and the title insurance came into play. 
Yeah. So one example might be a purchaser has purchased a property without getting that up-to-date RPR. You know, it might be something like a property where they're looking at the lot and it looks like all of this land that's part of the backyard is part of the property. Maybe the, the subsequent sellers have planted some gardens and utilized the property in some way. They later down the road find out that that portion of the property that they thought they had purchased is actually belonged to the city. It's part of some lands that belong to them and it actually wasn't part of their lot. So in those circumstances, they may face a loss in the value of their property because it's not, you know, as big of a a property as they thought that it was. And in that case, they may want to rely on their title insurance policy to provide them with some compensation for that loss. Okay. So like how much compensation would be applicable? Are we talking tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars? So how it might be resolved really depends on the circumstances of each case. So it might be something like they negotiate an easement with the property to, or with the, the city to be able to utilize that property or with the neighbor or something like that. Or it could be something like, you know, actually outright purchasing that portion of the property and doing like a lot realignment so that that part of the property, you know, now belongs to them. Or it could be something like they're just given compensation for the loss in value that they experienced because that portion of the property, when they go to sell it, wasn't actually included in what they thought they had bought. Right, okay. Are there any circumstances where condominiums come into play on title insurance? Yeah, so that's a good question. So condominiums where, you know, if you're talking about, you know, a typical condominium, like a, a multi-rise building, yeah. people don't think of title insurance too much because they think, you know, I'm not buying dirt, why would I need a title insurance policy? So the same uh, survey coverage is included in a condo policy of title insurance. So in that case, you might be looking at encroachments such as your unit encroaching onto common elements of the condominium or perhaps common elements encroaching onto your unit. So that's one reason that people might purchase a condominium policy on a condo. There are some additional coverages very specific to condos. Did you want me to go into those as well? Yeah, sure. Like, like would a special assessment be covered as an example? Yeah, so right now in the pandemic, typically you would get what's called an estoppel certificate when you purchase a condominium. However, many condos are just, uh, you know, they are run by layman's on the board, or perhaps they're just not able to get you those condominium documents in time for your closing. So you're not able to see, you know, whether there's any special assessments coming down the road or a change and increase in condo fees coming down the road. So one thing that title insurance will provide coverage for is if you get an estoppel certificate and it does not disclose that information or is inaccurate, there is coverage for special assessments and for increases in condo fees, as well as for those condo documents for whatever reason, not being in accordance with legislation and you suffering a loss because of that. Okay. What if you buy a new condo and you know you happen to get title insurance and a couple of years down the road, the board discovers there's an issue with the property. Now there's a special assessment. Would that be covered by the title insurance? Unfortunately, no. The title insurance, it's not like other types of insurance. So it is just covering 
what we call is retrospective issues. So an issue that existed at the time of your purchase, but was unknown to you and that later causes you a loss. So something like an assessment that comes down down the road mm. would not have existed at the time you purchased the property. And so it wouldn't be covered under a policy of title insurance. So it's not like property insurance. So property insurance, you're buying that with it in mind that like a fire or a flood, something down the road is going to happen. Right. With title insurance, we're really talking about issues that existed at the time of purchase. So unfortunately, an assessment that didn't exist at the time you purchased and you just didn't know about it wouldn't be something that would be covered. Gotcha. The reason I bring it up is like it's common, say, with balconies, right? As the building settles over time, you get a negative grade on the balcony and it drains water into the walls. That would not apply in that circumstance? No, it wouldn't. So again, a very common misconception about title insurance is that it's not a home warranty product. So it doesn't cover things like structural issues or settling issues, those kinds of things. It's exclusively what we call, it just deals with the legal aspects of the property. Gotcha. Okay. Now you you briefly touched on COVID and the pandemic and, you know, this is the real nut of the interview. So how is title insurance helping people during COVID and how is it being used? Yeah, so a couple of concerns have come up during the pandemic that have affected people in terms of purchasing property. So the first one that's come up is what happens if the land title office closes? How are we going to close these sales? So what title insurance offers is what we call registration gap coverage. So in the event that the land title office went down and there wasn't anyone working there to actually transfer titles or say there was a significant delay in those transfers happening because people are now working from home, they're having less staff in the office. We do have what's called registration gap insurance with title insurance. So this would cover any intervening registrations that were registered against a property in between the time that you submit those documents for registration and they are actually registered at the land title office. Okay, so can you give that to me in layman's terms? I buy a place, I I take possession, say on October 1st, Typically, land titles runs about two weeks behind anyways at the best of times in terms of updating titles. So where would the gap coverage come in between October 1st and, say, October 15th? Yeah, so say your sale was set to close on October 1st. We submit all the documents for registration at the land title office on that date. However, it takes the land title office two weeks to actually register your documents. And in the meantime, say something like, a judgment for a credit card debt that was the responsibility of the seller somehow gets registered on title inadvertently, then now you have to deal with that charge somehow. So title insurance would be there to provide protection to that purchaser to deal with that intervening lien that gets registered. Oh, okay. So that would cover off, say, builder's liens as well, or CRA writs, and et cetera, et cetera. There are some coverages specific to those types of liens that come on with builder's liens. Again, so long as the purchaser didn't agree to be responsible for them, then that would be something that is covered. CRA liens, yes, that would be something that would be covered as well. Okay, perfect. How else is uh, title insurance being used during the time of COVID? Yeah, so we are getting with the times here in Alberta and One good thing that has happened with this pandemic is a change in legislation to allow real estate documents to be signed remotely between the lawyer and the purchaser. So this allows people not to have to come into the office 
and to actually meet with their lawyer to sign them, but they can, you know, meet over Skype or Zoom or something like that to sign real estate documents. So the concern came mostly with lenders saying, will our mortgages be protected in the event that these documents are signed remotely as opposed to they're typically signed in person between the lawyer and the purchaser? So what we have offered to allow people to still do this and for lenders to feel confident in these documents being signed in this matter is to offer what we call a remote signing endorsement. So that comes standard with every residential policy of title insurance. And it just provides assurances to the lender that in the event that the documents are signed virtually, that there is still coverage for fraud and for the enforceability of the mortgage in the event that the documents were signed remotely. Right. So I guess the big issue around that is, you know, do you actually have the right person on the other end of the Skype call or the Zoom call signing the documents, right? Correct. Yes. So that would be, you know, a concern for the lender in terms of they're making sure that they're not registering fraudulent mortgages and, mm-hmm. yeah, and that ID yeah. theft and yeah. all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Okay. Are there any other uses for title insurance during COVID? Yeah. So just in general, there has been some concerns with delays in getting some of the normal due diligence documents that you might obtain when you are purchasing real estate. So the first one would be that you would want to get an up-to-date property tax information. So just letting you know that the property taxes had been paid and there was no outstanding fees that were due on behalf of the seller. So one concern has been in some of the smaller municipalities with, you know, employees not actually being present at work, whether they were able to get some of that up-to-date information and whether it was accurate. So title insurance does not actually require up-to-date property tax information. And in the event that there were overdue taxes due on the property that you didn't know about or weren't disclosed to you, there would be coverage there under the title insurance policy. Okay. Now, when I go over a commitment letter with clients who are buying a home, it will often say title insurance is required. Now, that's a lender policy. That is correct, yes. Okay, and then they have the option of buying a homeowner policy as well, right? Yes. Okay, what are the differences between those two policies? Yeah, so good question. So there is the two types of policies, the owner policy and the lender policy. The lender policy protects the lender's interest in the enforceability of the mortgage. So for any of those covered risks that we talked about, so the survey coverage, you know, fraud, condo coverage, all that kind of stuff, in the event that the lender suffered a loss, then title insurance would protect the lender and pay out the mortgage in full for the lender. So this sounds kind of like a bust for homeowners and that they're paying for it and they're not actually receiving any of the benefit of the policy, which is why the owner policy does the same thing, but it protects the interest of the homeowner. So for all those covered risks in the event that the owner suffered a loss because of it, then the owner would have that protection for them. The great thing is it's it's usually quite a nominal fee to add on the homeowner policy onto the lender policy. Right. So the lender policy, if the lender says it's mandatory, that's you have to get it. The homeowner is always optional. Yes. But obviously highly recommended. Yes. Okay. Typically, what's it cost, you know, if you're buying a a regular house in the city kind of thing? Yeah. So with Stewart Title, for say like a typical resale 
single family dwelling home under $500,000, we're talking about approximately $125 for the lender policy and then an additional $50 for the owner policy. So for about $175, it gets you a ton of value for protection. Right. And that covers you for as long as you own that home, right? Correct. So the title insurance policy lasts for as long as you own an interest in the property. Right. So I can refinance my mortgage but my original title insurance policy would still be in play. Correct. So if you were to refinance your mortgage, you may have to get a new lender policy, but you would still have your owner policy in place. Okay. And so the does the price go up as the property becomes more expensive? So it does go up nominally for properties over 500000 And if it's, let's say it's an acreage. The, the, the rules change because I'm I'm assuming you're more likely to run into survey issues in an acreage than in the city. I guess that's potential, I suppose. But no, there is no difference in the pricing based on whether it would be an acreage versus like a lot in the city. Okay. Are there any developments that title insurance companies are looking at making changes because of what's gone on with the pandemic? I think we're continuously looking at our coverages and seeing where there are gaps or needs in the marketplace. And so we have identified a few of developments with legislation changes around virtual signing, you know, and just practical issues and getting deals done Mm -hmm. that specifically Stuart Title has addressed those needs by introducing new endorsements into the policy jacket or just providing reassurance that the existing coverage that has always been there is now more relevant than it was before. Right. Okay. If someone has a claim, do you know what your typical payout is on claims? I don't have that information and it would be pretty varied as to the type of claim. So for instance, a fraud claim is going to be a significant payout versus something like property taxes, where that's a fairly fixed amount. You know, we're, we're talking usually a couple thousand dollars where mortgage fraud is, you know, typically in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And an example of mortgage fraud would be like, say you have an older homeowner or couple who own a home, their mortgage is paid off, their title is clean. My understanding is, you know, sometimes you'll get people who assume their identity and take out a fraudulent mortgage. Is that an an example of where you would cover off? Yeah, so I have a pretty interesting claim around mortgage fraud that happened actually, I think, here in Alberta. And I kind of call it the evil son claim. So what happened there is we had an owner and his son had the same name. So I'll just I'll call them uh, senior, senior and junior here. So what happened is senior owned the property and evil son junior decided that he would actually sell the property because he had the same name as his dad to a friend of his. And then that friend subsequently registered a mortgage on title and the title was free and clear. So they took off with the mortgage proceeds. Senior made a claim under the title insurance policy, the mortgage, the fraudulently registered mortgage was paid out in full. It was a happy ending for senior. And, you know, who knows happened with that relationship (laughs) with senior and junior. But, you know, it was sort of a situation that ate us up a little bit, you know, like, wow, like this son was really quite the character, you know, to do that and to perpetrate that fraud against his father. Hopefully he went to and jail. So, <laughs> <laughs> and fraud is very difficult to to find these people usually because they, they take off with the mortgage proceeds and you never you can never find them again. So yeah. one day we had a clerk in our head office in Toronto and she was flipping through the newspaper and she came across a picture of somebody holding one of those giant lottery winning checks. And sure enough, it was Junior. Yeah. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So we were actually able to seize part of his lottery winnings to compensate for the fraud that was that he had perpetrated against his father. And so it was sort of a, a funny story in that. But talk about karma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought if you were a bad guy, you don't get good karma like winning the lottery. <laughs> I know, right? But then I guess you win the lottery and you get your, your lottery winnings seized. And, yeah. you know, hopefully he did go to jail for the fraud too. But Yeah. Okay. That's a really interesting story. How did dad get covered off by the title insurance? Whose insurance was it that covered him? Yeah, so it would have been the owner policy of senior there because the fraud protection does protect against someone fraudulently transferring title out of your name into someone that's not a bona fide purchaser of the property. Okay, so in that case, the payout would have been like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Correct, yes. Wow, okay. So let's say... Let's say there wasn't a transfer of title, okay? So Junior doesn't steal the title of his dad's house. He merely registers a mortgage against it. How would dad be protected there? So in that case, dad would be protected in the sense that he didn't register the mortgage. And so the mortgage company would have required that a lender policy would have been purchased in that circumstance. And in order to for the lender to receive the protection under a title insurance policy, then there must have been a lender policy in place. Gotcha. So the lender gets paid out by their policy. Dad's still protected because, you know, now the home is no longer in foreclosure and all is well. Correct. Okay. So obviously it's important to have title insurance. Yes, I would say for, you know, there's not many things that for a nominal one-time premium would get you the value that a title insurance policy provides. Yeah, it's pretty significant for sure. Okay, so I mean, obviously there are going to be situations where people think they're covered by title insurance, you know, but actually aren't. We kind of talked on special assessments with condos. Can you give me another couple of examples? So one of the biggest reasons that we exclude coverage is the failure to obtain a policy. So like you said, there is the option of buying both the lender and the owner policy. So often the reason that we deny a claim is because there was no owner policy purchased in the first place. That's number one reason that claims are denied. The second reason would be that risks that are either created or allowed to by the purchaser. So just like when you purchase a policy of, say, life insurance, if you know that you have a heart defect and you don't disclose that to your insurer and the later you pass away because of that heart defect, that could affect your beneficiary's ability to make a claim under your life insurance policy. So similar with title insurance, if you know something is, you know, there's a defect of the property, it's either been disclosed to you by the seller of the property, or you find out doing the research prior to purchasing the property that that defect is there. That is now what we call an exclusion from the title insurance policy. So unless you specifically notify the insurer of that issue and they confirm coverage for that defect, it would be excluded from the policy. Okay, so let's say I own a property and I build a garage. My garage is on the neighbor's land or too close to the city boundary or something. And I know about this. And then I refinance and go to get a title insurance 
policy to cover me. That's where I could potentially run into problems or the person buying that property from me could run into problems? Correct. So two things happening there. So one is we don't protect people against things that they do to the property themselves. So if you're going to build a garage on the property and not obtain the proper permits and build it encroaching onto your neighbor's property, that's not something that we're going to protect you against. And further, if you know a subsequent purchaser knows that about the property and decides to buy it from you anyway, then it would be what we call a known defect to that purchaser as well. So it would be an exclusion from the title insurance policy. Okay. Now I know, <laughs> I know of a story one time where someone was selling a property. It was an older couple. They had built this property, the, the house and the uh, garage and whatever else, and they never got permits for anything. So 30 years later, 40 years later, they go and sell their property. Now, the buyers, would the buyers be protected by their title insurance in that circumstance? So a buyer who is unaware of that issue, there is permit coverage in a title insurance policy. So if the buyer, you know, purchases that property and later finds out that, say, something like the garage was built without permits and not in compliance with the city regulations at the time, you know, and now the city is coming in and saying you need to either tear down that property, that garage, or to rectify it or obtain the proper permit, there would be protection for that purchaser under title insurance policy. Right. Now, technically, the lawyer on the buying side should be catching whether or not there were permits pulled 20 or 30 years ago for that property, right? I mean, that's how you get your compliance certificate to close the deal, right? So again, permits are not always something that's caught by what we call on a real property and on compliance for that. And same thing, like if you didn't get an RPR or an up-to-date one, it may not show that garage on it. I'm always surprised at the number of weak claims that come out of, you know, the government or a city employee saying everything good with that property, you know, but then later finding out that it isn't. So those are things that can arise despite, you know, it technically being the lawyer's responsibility, but it just, it's not, not always information that's either accurate or readily available. Gotcha. So if someone in planning rubber stamps something, right? And then the issue is discovered two or 10 or however many years down the road. If you've got the homeowner policy, you should be okay. Correct. So again, for specifically for permits. So one of the other things with title insurance is that you must actually incur a loss in order to make a claim. So just because you find out that say your garage was built without permits, but you know nobody's making you do anything about that. You technically, what we call, we have a premature claim. So it's only in the event that the municipality or the city is actually seeking compliance because of that lack of a permit, or you have a neighbor that's saying, you know, I want the fence that's encroaching my property rectified, then it's only at that point you actually have a claim under your title insurance policy. Gotcha. Okay. So mm -hmm. if there's no harm, there's no payout. Kind Correct. Of yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Erin, is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap things up? I don't think so. All I can say is I am here locally in Edmonton. I'm always happy to take calls from realtors, mortgage brokers, purchasers. If you have a question about title insurance and you want to know whether there's coverage or find out about a defect before the purchase and you want to know whether they would insure over that known defect, I am always happy to take those calls. Okay, super. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Jason. 